So this year, like every year, most of us are hoping for a Christmas filled with family harmony, with good cheer, and all the warm fuzzies, right? And we do everything we can to prepare for it to be a perfect Christmas. You know, the stockings are hung by the chimney with care and um, 24-7 we're listening to Christmas carols on the radio and at home. Ornaments are lovingly hung and, and if you're like me, each one of them comes with so many special memories of a certain time or a certain year. And we, if we're really on the ball, deliver homemade Christmas cookies to all of our neighbors, right? Um, and, and now the thing is to have the most festive charcuterie board, right? Um, and, and to have the magical display of lights. Uh, if you haven't been there, go to Kelly and Adam Ping's house. I think at Christmas we should call it Adam Ping's house. And you, should, and you can see the display of Christmas lights. We do all of those things and we are hoping for the Hallmark Christmas movie ending. And yet, today's scripture reminds us that the preparations for that very first Christmas were anything but picture perfect. They were not the porcelain nativity scene that we all have in our homes. Last week we looked back at Mary and her story of that first Christmas, and today we, we look at Joseph and the birth of Jesus through the eyes and the story of Joseph. The scripture is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and I invite you to follow along with me as I read this morning. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God, and God's people say, thanks be to God. Let me invite you to bow your heads as we pray together that we will hear, open our ears and hear what God has to say to us today. Let's pray. Holy God, Scripture tells us that you came to Joseph through an angel, loud and clear, impossible to miss. Scripture also tells us that Joseph listened. 
He rearranged his life to follow your invitation. God, we long for that. All of that. We long to hear your voice, loud and clear, impossible to miss. We long for invitations to something more, something deeper. And we long to be like Joseph and find the courage to follow. So clean out our ears, brush the dust off our hearts, trace us back to our roots, back to Joseph, who heard and followed. With gratitude, we listen for a word from you today. Amen. So this morning we pick up the story where Marissa left off two weeks ago in the Gospel of Matthew. Remember, she preached on the genealogy. We listened to it um, musically. She preached on that genealogy and those generations to generations from Abraham, 14 generations to David, and then twice as many generations from David to Jesus. And it reminds us, as we hear that that genealogy, that there is room for every story. The accounts of love and faithfulness, and also the stories of difficulty and scandal even. And the birth of Jesus was no different. As much as we would like to put on our rose-colored glasses and, and have that idyllic Christmas, most Christmases aren't that way. And the first Christmas wasn't that way either. It says, when his Mary mother had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. After they were engaged, but before they had been together, Mary got pregnant. Now, that sounds anything but porcelain perfect. What, they, what, what would you think if you were engaged to be married, and you found out that your fiancé was pregnant, and you knew it wasn't yours, what would you do? What should Jesus, Joseph do? Well, Joseph should do or could do what any first century Jewish man could do. You see, being engaged was as good as being married. According to the custom of the time, Mary and Joseph were in the first of two parts of this marriage. Um, the first part, the first stage, was as much a marriage as actually being married, more so than our engagements are today. The first stage of that marriage was for Mary to still live at home with her parents and family and to not have any relations with her husband. But then after that first year, about a first year, she would then move into the home of her husband and become his wife. So it's during that first year of time that Mary became pregnant. In that case, Joseph could do what any first century man could do. He could have Mary stoned to death on the doorstep of her father's house. That was the law. Aside from having her stoned to death, at the very least, he could, have her, he could publicly reject her so that it would bring shame and dishonor to Mary and to her family. But Joseph, 
it says, because he was a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. He would follow the Mosaic law, calling off the marriage and sending her away, but he would do so with discretion and and compassion. That's what it means to say that he is righteous. He was just. He had a righteousness that was beyond the law of publicly disgrace or stoning her to death, and it was greater than the law of the, than the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes. He would be merciful, just as God is merciful. So he decides that he's going to put away any disappointment, any anger that he might have, and dismiss her quietly. That way, he will be freed from her impurity and she will be spared any more public shame. Following this plan, he could be assured that he was being merciful, actually merciful. But just when he decides what kind of action he's going to take and the path he's going to go, God speaks. You know, God always seems to get involved and start messing things up, right? God says, stop when we plan to go. And and when we're putting up our caution lights, God says to go for it. And when we think we've got it all figured out, what's the, not just the easy way out, but but the right thing to do, the best way forward, God steps in and says, "Mm, I've got a better way. I've got a better way to go beyond what is even right and to act in love. The scripture says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Here's an image for you, a beautiful image of Jesus sleeping. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. You know, what in the world? Joseph is trying to do the right thing. He was trying to do what was well within his rights as her betrothed. And even more so, he was trying to be just and merciful. He was trying to think about Mary and be kind to her. Does God really expect more of him than even that? You know, what we learn from Joseph is that we may have the right to do something. And acting in a certain way may even be considered right or righteous the angel of the Lord says, do not be afraid to forego your rights and even your privileges and even to go against what others may consider righteous in order to choose love. The conflict is doing what is considered right or choosing the better way and doing what is love. For Joseph, responding to the angel of the Lord means not only doing what is considered right or even the gracious thing to do, but living courageously and embodying love. 
We hear that throughout the Gospel of Matthew. Let me remind you just of a few verses from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. Jesus says to the disciples, you've heard it said, you shall not murder. But I say to you, if you are angry with a sister or brother, you will be liable to judgment. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That was the law. But I say to you, if anyone strikes you, turn the other cheek. You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. As a righteous person, Joseph knows the law and is planning to do what is well within his rights, even what is gracious. However, as an obedient follower of Jesus or of of God, Joseph also knows the voice of God. And this is what takes Joseph to that in-between place. By law, he has the right to divorce her on grounds of infidelity. But the angel says to Joseph, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph is in this predicament. Will he remain a righteous man in the old sense, or will he become genuinely righteous and choose God's better way for his life? You know, there have been many times in my life when I feel like following God is too hard. It's, it's too much of a burden. There. It's too much of a disruption. And it's, it's not what I think I know to be the right way forward. In those times, what God is asking of me may, may force me out of my comfort zone. It may require change or a change in lifestyle, a change in even reputation. It may cause me ridicule or even embarrassment. And in those times, I am faced with a decision of whether I choose to listen to the voice of God or choose the better way of following Christ. I, recent re- I recently read this quote that I, that I love, and it's so pertinent for us after COVID especially. All some people want is an inoculation, a vaccination of Christianity, just enough so that they don't have to catch the real thing. Sometimes Christmas is no more than a booster shot. You know, in the season of Advent, what kind of response to the birth of Christ might we have that will be more than a booster shot? Joseph learns that being righteous doesn't mean looking it up in a rule book and doing the right thing. It means wrestling with all of the complexities of life and listening for the voice of God and then choosing the better way. God's way. What is the issue that is closest to us and those around us where we need to be attentive to the voice of God and go beyond what is right or what others consider to be right? What issue are you sure about or are others sure about where God still might have some surprises in store? 
where God might be doing a new thing? How can we be attentive to the voice of God and respond by choosing God's better way of love? My prayer for us this Advent is that we will explore where it is that God might be calling us to follow rather than walk away. How can we be courageous and do what God is calling us to do and to be who God is calling us to be? God's better way may take you out of your comfort zone. God's better way may be calling you to fight injustice or to stand up for someone who can't stand up for themselves or to stand up for yourself. God may be calling you to expand your understandings or stretch your boundaries. God may be calling you to be more financially generous and hold less tightly to all that is really just a gift from God. God may be calling you to end a relationship or to heal a relationship. God's better way may be calling you to have courage when you would perhaps rather run or hide. Or God may be calling you simply to surrender. To surrender your way to God's way. To surrender your will to God's will. To surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You know, the scripture says that Joseph is to name him Jesus, Yeshua, which means God saves. Name him God saves because he has come to save God's people from their sins. And how does this baby do that? Because this baby is God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So we can choose our own way. But when we choose the better way, even though it may bring us to an unknown place, it brings us to a love more amazing and a salvation more wonderful than we could ever imagine. It brings us to Jesus, the one, the one who can save us from our sins. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we know the story of Christmas comes alive as it intersects with our own stories. This morning, we pray for the faith to follow like Joseph. In the middle of making his own plans, he recognized your voice and presence. Not only did he recognize, but he had the courage to choose the better way. We are still trying to plan, and you are still speaking. So now help us to create a welcome 
and a space within us for your voice and presence. Take our will. Take our way. Take our lives and make them yours. Come, Lord Jesus, Savior of the world. Amen.